Hey guys, before we get started, just popping a little message here to let you know ChasingRoos.com is finally live. We're so pumped. Uh, a lot of hard work's gone into this. Uh, thank you for your feedback, early feedback, guys, anyone who, who saw it on our socials or received the email. Um, feedback's been great. People are buying stuff, which is fantastic. Uh, it's the shop, the one-stop shop for international rugby league fans. We've got some great jerseys, singlets, training shirts, everything uh, from developing nations, um, clubs, um, and we just want to keep growing. So we want to we want to be able to offer more and more, help out as many nations as we can, get some exposure, and, and make it a successful business as well. And we need your help to do that, and we appreciate that. And, um, yeah, go check it out if you haven't already, and uh, your feedback's always welcome. If you do want to buy, um, we've got a special discount code for kangaroo chasers. Uh, this will change sporadically, so keep listening to find out what the discount code is. This one is a 10% discount code, especially for kangaroo chasers. The code is what is up. Just one word, what is up, no question mark. Uh, it's the same way that I start every episode, and it's the way we're going to start the discount codes. So what is up for 10% off, exclusive for kangaroo chasers at chasingroos.com. Check it out. Buy something nice. Support International Rugby League. And uh, let's let's keep growing. Guys, uh, thanks for the support. Um, and one thing I did notice as well, let's roll into an ad, uh, the SPPNG Hunters Kit, which is available on ChasingRoos.com. I found out the other day it was designed by Matt Haynes Sport, which I'm not surprised because they look fucking amazing. Uh, he's done a great job. And, of course, this show is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. Um, you know him. You know him well for his wonderful designs. Uh, and if you've got a club, a nation, a team, or even an Oztag team or a netball team or a cricket club, if you need your logos or jerseys designed, then go and see matthainsport.com.au. Uh, let him know you're a kangaroo chaser. you get 10% off there as well on your kit production. So a big thank you to Matt Haynes Sport. Now, guys, enough, enough of my advertising. Let's go on with the show for this week. What is up, kangaroo chasers? And now... NARL deep dive. Well, it continues this week, and I just want to say thanks for making these NARL episodes so popular, guys. The listenership has been amazing. There's plenty of you new people out there, so welcome to all of the new listeners to the show. We love having you here, uh, and if you're enjoying these, you may enjoy some of our episodes from our back catalogue as well. So go back, choose your favourites based on, on, I guess, the descriptions and the titles. Have a listen and enjoy, and your feedback's always welcome. Uh, if you are a regular kangaroo chaser, welcome back. Uh, thanks for being part of the greatest international rugby league community in the world. Uh, we love having you here. We love you sharing, subscribing, giving us feedback, telling your friends about us. Uh, we're helping hashtag grow rugby league together and it's really special. So thank you. Um, this week, still talking in ARL, but the shift will focus, uh, will shift our focus primarily to the West Coast Conference. We haven't had a lot to say there yet or heard a lot, a lot yet outside of some questions to, to Rob Curtis last week. But our guest this week is Jamil Robinson, uh, who I've been following for a couple of years. Uh, he trialled with the Toronto Wolfpack before he moved to Australia and played for the Shell Harbour side there. Uh, his best mate came with him, Brandon Anderson, who gets mentioned a couple of times in this interview. Uh, the duo then moved to Serbia, played for Red Star Belgrade, and they featured in the club's historic Challenge Cup match against Millam. Then they moved, the boys moved to Brooklyn Kings, where they won the USARL Grand Final, current champions of the USARL, Brooklyn Kings, actually. Uh, and Jamil has also played Rugby Sevens, Rugby Tens, and he's currently the head of player operations for the NARL West Conference. Um, I've been meaning to chat to Jamil for a long time. We've, we've sort of interacted on the socials for a couple of years, but it was great to finally catch up and, and chat to him. Uh, I love this conversation. Um, I know you will too. There's plenty of great info here, stuff you haven't heard before, won't hear anywhere else. Uh, so we're really proud to bring it to you. Uh, let's get straight into it. I've waffled on enough. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 113 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast.
original rugby league fans. Kangaroo Chasers, we've been spending a lot of time, obviously, in our NARL deep dive on the East Coast, but it's time to get out to the West Coast and figure out exactly what's going on there. And uh, for, to join me on that discussion, he's a man that I've been following for a little while, and it's great to finally get a chance to chat to him. He's uh, the head of player operations for NARL West, Mr. Jamil Robinson. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, brother? It's a, it's a blessing and an honor to be on here. And I really appreciate everything you've been doing for the rugby league community as a whole. Man, I appreciate you saying that. It's awesome. And uh, man, it's like I said, I mean it. It's it's great to speak to you finally because we've been I've been following you for a while. We've had a few little social media conversations, but we've never actually, you know, been able to to chat in person. So it's fantastic. But um I want to talk about your journey in rugby league. And there's a little there's a little side story to it, I suppose, if I can say. So I've been following you since, I guess, you were in Australia. You're playing, um, I think, in, was it in the Wollongong, the South Coast League? Yeah, who I are, was in the Wollongong area. Who yeah. were you playing for then? I was playing for the Shell Harbour team. Shell Harbour, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I love those guys out there. Um, our, our, it was good. Are you a Dragons fan? Because that's St. George territory. Um, I am a Dragons fan. Love I it. actually was was able to get to a few games with the uh, with the uh, Shell Harbour guys and the team president. They took me out there and you know, show me the NRL lifestyle. I love it. I love it. That's good. Well, you're a better, you're a good friend of mine now if you're a Dragons fan. So that's awesome. Yeah, I heard you were a Dragons fan from the last part. A lot of Dragons and Tigers. Yeah. Dragons and Tigers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, and one of your teammates was, of course, your buddy, your brother from another mother, Brandon Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Best friend. And, and you guys are like just traveling the world together. You guys played for Red Star Belgrade in Serbia together. You guys then went to Brooklyn together. And then when I found out you had the role here at uh, in NARL West, I thought, well, where's Brandon going to pop up? He's got to be somewhere. He's got to be in the pocket somewhere. <laughs> and I see that he right. signed for Las Vegas. So he's like, you guys are just. It, I want to. I guess what I want to know is, is uh, is he basically your brother, or is he just following you around like a bad smell at the moment? Um, I would I would say my brother. I think <laughs> we were switched switched at birth. We ended up coming back together. Um, <laughs> but that's definitely my brother. We definitely related somewhere down that line. And um, again, I can't say enough about Brandon. And I don't know if I even have enough time to say everything I want to say about the guy. But um, like you, just following that journey, man. Uh, from we even started before Australia. Uh, we linked up together at a uh, Tiger Academy, um, out in Columbus, Ohio, okay. the Olympic Development Academy, out with Paul Holmes, who's doing an amazing job with rugby here in America as well, uh, with the World Tens um, that I was lucky to be in in Bermuda um, that was broadcasted and uh, amazing job right there. Um, but yeah, we linked together um, from Ohio, man. Uh, it was it was an amazing time there. We had a lot of the boys that you're going to see announced um, with the West Coast team. A lot of those guys are Tiger products in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form. Tiger Rugby Academy um, products. So, yeah, man, it started a long time ago, probably a decade strong now. I didn't know that's where you came from because that Tiger Rugby, as I understand it, is probably the reason why the USA Rugby Sevens team is so strong. It all sort of started with that Tiger Academy. So I didn't know you came out of there. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Are, are, you, at the yeah. Po- are you at the point where if you're talking, if you're negotiating a contract for yourself, you also, it's got to be like yourself and Brandon, like you guys come as a pair? Oh yeah, everything is better in twos. Everything is better in twos. I mean, why wouldn't you want to have that dynamic duel together? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's like if you get one of us, you get to say, you get the other one. And um, and again, not having those agents available while we were young and coming up through the ranks and not having all those contacts that we do have now, it was always hard to to do our own thing and always hard to get just our name out there, especially not having these top leagues in America. Uh, you know, years ago with the MLR and even with pro rugby beforehand and getting that good film um, out there. Um, and we had to piece our film together and, and, and put our name out there. And it, it's always better to get two Americans that can run, catch, pass, and run people over and be spectacular than it is one. Yeah. So that was our selling point. It actually, you can get both of us for the... <laughs> it's, it's actually a good marketing point Like, because two of you together, I think that's why I really took a shine and a notice to you guys a couple of years ago. Because like, look, who are these two guys that are just like 
killing it. And like, you know, that's, that's awesome, man. That's very clever. It's so American, you know, you guys really know how to market yourselves as, as athletes. And I really love that. <laughs> right. I've seen a lot of that. So how, tell me Appreciate then, that. how did you, so obviously Tiger, Tiger rugby, it's rugby union or sevens or tens. Um, how did, what, what was your transition? What was the point where you sort of switched and said, all right, we're going to, what, what you discovered league and realized that it was sort of the way for you to go? It was, I mean, honestly, again, I, if I had enough time, if I had more time, I'd say more about Monte Gaddis and mm-hmm. even one of my buddies, uh, Chris Shade, um, and even the coaching guys that were around me as well, just telling me to be the best I can. Um, so it went from Tiger Rugby um, with all those guys um, that you probably will hear from eventually with all the NARL West announcements and them saying they have Tiger Rugby background. I'm going to Vegas tournaments with them and uh, eventually being around people who brought me out to the West Coast. Um, just having a conversation with Paul and him telling me, like, I have the talent to go anywhere I want and mm-hmm. to go follow your dreams, going out to Golden Gate uh, Rugby, uh, which is in San Francisco, um, with my guy Pila. And, you know, he was with me at Tiger Rugby Academy and basically said, come out here, we can use you, you can make a team. Um, and then going out there and, you know, doing what I had to do for that season, we ended up making a championship run. Um, and, and going to the finals that year um, and then playing at Life West right after um, under Edge Ferris uh, and and having those good those three teams, Life West, Golden Gate and Tiger under my belt um, just propelled me to keep on trying, you know, testing the waters and, and giving the best I can and knowing I play with top level guys. When I was out in San Francisco, though, um, with uh, Life West and you know, ending at the seventh season out, that's when Toronto Wolfpack had came into the American scope mm. and uh, I had just got hurt. Couldn't make the pro San Francisco team or make that tryout. But I seen online and through different social media sites that uh, the Toronto Wolfpack was having open trials for rugby league. You know, so I was like, well, I'll just, you know, see what's going on, how this is. Uh, I want to go pro. And I think I have what it takes to go pro. And I fell short due to injuries the first time around. Let me get healthy and, you know, try my shot at this Toronto Wolfpack and they're signing some players and, giving them contracts, basically what we're doing out here in the NARL uh, West, um, Western Division. And so uh, I go out there, and that's where I meet Monte Gaddis in Toronto. Yeah, well. Actually, yeah. So me and Chris Shade, one of my guys I played with uh, at Ohio University, uh, one of my good friends, he's a tank man, he's a hooker, played in MLR, played pro rugby um, for the Ohio team, um, Ohio Aviators at one point, um, and then also played college ball with me with the tiger academy he's probably been one of the guys that's been you know championing me the whole entire time saying you can do this get better get smarter go play more rugby and you make it to the next level and we go go out there toronto and i and it was it was fun man and i fell in love with rugby league ever since then um and then uh saying monte gaddis and where he came from we both came from ohio mm. so he's a cleveland guy i'm a canton ohio guy mm. um and, and you know i mean either way lebron was an acronym 330 so he was <laughs> yeah. right in the middle of both of us yeah um, so I was like, yeah, if I got two great Ohio guys out here, how can I lose? And then I had Chris Shade too. So we go out there, man, see, prove what we had. And, uh, um, also I was with Taylor Howden, who was an integral part in my rugby career and at Tiger, uh, rugby, um, was one of the coaches and one of the main guys that promoted the rugby league and get out there on the USA team. But go out there, man. And, and I had a, had a good run, good time. And I got a call back and I went to the next tryout and I went to the next tryout. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, and uh, they didn't pick me, and and so that's when I called Brandon and said, uh, "Rugby league is our new thing, man. I think me and you could really kill it. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, yeah." I called him and said, "Bro, this is where we need to be at, and we get to run into people and and and, and get up and, and do it again." Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's it's a little. I honestly, I love all rugby: sevens, nines, mm. tens, thirteens, fifteens, wheelchair rugby, women's rugby uh every intro rugby i love it so uh but i was like rugby league i think that's us mate that's that's us that's us cuz i love i love that you guys can because we you know the cultures in sydney and and northern england and uh, sorry australia like the rugby cultures clash but you americans the more i speak to you it's like you can love it all and find the exact place in it that is right for you, and that's okay. I kind of really like that. It's funny how often uh, Monte Gaddis get, has been mentioned on the last few episodes. Like he's obviously had a lot, big role to play in the careers of a lot of people over there. It's also funny how important 
Toronto, how important the Wolfpack, that piece of the puzzle was, because it sounds to me like you wouldn't have even known rugby league existed if it wasn't for that Toronto Wolfpack opportunity. Did you, when you heard about Toronto Wolfpack rugby league, did you know it was different that very first time? Not at all. Yeah. Well, of course, I I knew it wasn't rugby union anymore and it was rugby league when I did my research. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea and I, and I, it sounds ignorant, but I had no idea what rugby league was but you heard i've been playing union in sevens my whole life you heard there's a there's an opportunity to play professional rugby and you just went for it and then you're like that's how you kind of fell into it i suppose that's interesting i think i knew a little bit about sean johnson yeah and that's why i used to study sometimes try to perfect that goose step try to perfect his smoothness out there and the way he operates on the field and then i kind of seen some research that he was playing rugby league and you know i mean he played this and and then that's i knew a a tad bit that was back in the day but I haven't really watched rugby league up until that point. Uh, and then before that trial, uh, it was for the next month to study rugby league. You did pretty well to yeah. get to that third sort of trial session, man, considering you came. Yeah. It was your first t- like try, you know, it's pretty cool. At all, yeah. First time ever playing rugby league in my life. I'm starting to understand hearing your journey and you, you're – it sounds like you're a really good networker and relationships guy. Like you've sort of held the, co- I feel like in your phone, you would have the numbers of every person you ever played either form of rugby with or that you met. And it's, it's, I'm understanding why you're, you're head of player operations and recruitment. Like I understand why you've got that role. Can you, can you sort of share or can you think, have you thought about maybe how your journey so far, Shell Harbour, Red Star Belgrade, Brooklyn Kings, what you've learned in three very different rugby league environments and cultures, what have you learned there that you're now taking to your position uh, for you uh, for the NARL Western Conference, and and how how did that position come about? How did you get that role? How did you land there? Um, okay, just to answer that first part of that question, um, basically, um, how that journey has brought me here. It's it starts even before that. Um, I think that when I was in college and I um, basically uh, couldn't play uh, college football anymore due to whatever reasons. And, you know, I had a few friends that lived in the same dorm room as me and, and that I played against him in high school, actually. I was a running back. He, Chris Shade, he, I was the running back and he was the uh, linebacker. Um, by the way, I had 100 plus yards on him. Can't stop, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> I still to this day I remember then. Uh, but yeah, so he told me to come play rugby, and I got out there and seen him, and we kind of bonded, and that journey started there. But what I learned through rugby and through life and through my parents and my raising was not to burn bridges. You can have disagreements with people, you cannot like the way somebody operates, you cannot like them as a person sometimes, but to to try to stay professional and to try to stay loving and. And to understand people's uh, psychology and why they do the things that they do. Um, my grandmother, again, was she was an integral part of my life growing up as well. And she has her master's and doctorate in sociology and psychology. So oh. I became you know, well, well-versed in how to control my emotions and to see the best in every human being. And that's the way I live my life. And that's the way I, I handle my business. And... Um, by going through life and seeing the camaraderie and the brotherhood that rugby brought to me, sometimes that football didn't. Because football, at this level, it, it's become a doggy dog world. And we got split into offense, defense. Uh, you know what I mean? Running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, safety. You know what I mean? It's a, and it's a, everybody's not in the same you know room at all times. And then rugby, you learn you can fight with somebody on the field and then be their best friend right afterwards. And, and you know have a social gathering only drinking you know what i mean sodas and eating pizzas but you know we get to get, we get back together at the end of the game and, and we all bond together mm. as if nothing ever happened on the field um and then from there traveling to columbus ohio uh where i decided never not to even use my degree which was in sports management which you know we go back we go back on believe me here um not even using my degree but more so um doing everything i can to get to this top level. So that means, you know, living out my car and sleeping on futons and sleeping with, uh, on couches with, with, uh, with friends' houses where well, let me sleep in it, you know, you know what I mean? And, and doing whatever it takes to, um, sacrifice, um, these things and the life I want to live in right now to the life I'm going to live five years down the line. And it, it all came to fruition to be totally honest. Um, and, um, 
with my with, with everything with that being said, uh, I then go to Golden Gate where I had to sleep in my car for uh, almost three months, and wow. you know, you know, buy a blanket from Walmart and and you know, park my uh, back of my trunk to the wall um, because my grandpa said if you park your trunk to the wall, you then only have to worry about your right, left, and front side. Oh. Somebody coming to get you. Well. Wow. Yeah, it was it was some of the best advice ever. You know what I mean? Because I have five brothers and two sisters, and so I couldn't always send money. They couldn't send me money when I didn't have anything. You know what I mean? And so they knew I wanted to follow my dreams, and they believed in me, even though I had a degree and walked across that stage. And they were like, "If this is what you want to do, then you go do it." And and being able to 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 humble yourself, being able to um, focus on the task at hand, and to zone everything out, and to have that focus. And to learn that the people that come into your life are for a reason, um, whether it's good or bad, it's a lesson, never a loss. And to leave these these individuals in your life, um, whether you haven't talked to them for a year, and to carry that on to whatever happens in the next few years to come. So I've never burned a bridge, whether we disagreed or not. I don't have any bad blood. I don't have any. I don't have any bad people. Don't have anything bad to say about me because I've never mm. done anything to anybody. Mm. And so that's how I lived this life. And that's why I, like you said, it's, I saved all my text messages and all my numbers from beginning at Tiger Rugby in college till now, every single one of them. Um, and that you're exactly right. I do have all those numbers from every teammate that I had. Every teammate that I played rugby with, I more than likely have their numbers. And that's over a 10 year span, you know, 12 year span. And, it, and, that's, and that's why I'm at this position at player operations. Um, and to go off your second question, um, I think that um, this position was made for me. I uh, got a degree from Ohio University, which is one of the top schools in the nation and, and in the world when it comes to the sports management uh, aspect of it. I started off as an engineer, but I, I realized very soon after my third year of engineering um, that this wasn't for me. And one of my buddies, Colin, Colin Baldwin, basically told me, and Corey Markham, who is an agent now with the NBA and has a lot of athletes under him, basically said that sports management is your thing, man, and I think you'll be great at it. Mm. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the best way I can. And just what happened, I'm going to one of the top schools for it. And so I got my degree in sports management from Ohio University and, uh, and um, a minor in business, but I also got a certificate in entrepreneurship. And that uh, basically allowed me to be able to start new companies, to be able to handle sports franchises um, and taught me everything I need to know right now at this level. Um, and it's, it's just crazy how the world works. Um, I never knew I was going to be in this role. I never, you know, I never planned to even play rugby at the highest level when I was going to get this degree. I just knew that I could change the world and change the lives of others through sports. Uh, music, sports, and religion is the biggest thing. And if I can touch one of those and, and, and be able to impact people's lives, children, adults, you name it, then that's what I wanted to do in life. And so that's what pretty much led me um, to this role. Uh, wow, is all I'm going to say there. I didn't expect all of that, man. Thank you for sharing. Like, yeah, man. so ins that's inspirational, man. Like sleeping in your car and like pretty much sleeping with one eye open and and your boot to the wall. Like that's and I feel like it's it's an inspiration to anyone that's trying to achieve their goal because. It's not always easy. And, you know, you're very lucky, I guess, that your family was supportive because there are people that, I think that's the key ingredient there. There are people that have a goal, but their family say, no, but you need to do this. You got your degree in that. Like there's an easier pathway, but you kind of knew what you wanted and the pieces fell into place because you prepared to work. And man, thank you for sharing that. Like, that's awesome. Great inspiration. Um, I'm starting to also understand why we're seeing a lot of, um, like a lot of the players that are, or a lot of the key signings from the Western Conference are ex-rugby players and, and they're guys that were literally from your phone book. It makes a lot of sense. Um, tell me about the role. Um, uh, how's the role going for you and, and let's, let's start um, to unpack, you know, what must be a very busy period for you. Uh, yeah, extremely. I'm sending messages. I'm sending emails right now. They're on the phone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man, it's it's 
Um, the role, man, um, head of player operations. It's 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 a busy, um, but also a important and and integral part of this whole entire journey and this whole entire uh, new venture. Um, so it, it all started with the NARL, and I'm I'm just so happy that um you got guys like Ricky Wilby and and, and guys on that board and at that higher level that never gave up. Because I've been knowing Ricky for years now since I've been playing with Brooklyn, mm. and um and and he's been a, a integral part in this. And again, I can never champion him enough either. Um, cause you can, you can say everything about this league or about us or about what's going on, but you never can say that that guy didn't, that guy didn't try hard or that he gave up. Yeah. He's been in my phone and in my Facebook and it, <laughs> messaging me and all and everybody else in this league day in and day out, uh, for years. Um, you can talk to players from four years ago, Ricky hit him up, um, about, uh, with the New York bid. You know what I mean? Um, that they were doing an expansion team you know, with the New York bid. And so one thing I can say about Ricky is he's consistently consistent when it comes to making sure rugby was going to be in America and some state. So I will say that about that. And 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 when it comes to the player operations role with the NARL Western Division, um, it's, it's definitely a challenging role. Um, I had to deal with the MLR. I had to deal with uh, other different places, local clubs, and me playing the role of not recruiting players and, and it's taking their availability for other places. But I do know that some players deserve opportunities. Some players deserve chances and that this league will need these American players more so than any other, any other way in the world. Um, I really wanted to start it. I really wanted to start off this campaign of recruiting um, with people. I know people I trust, People who are influential in this rugby in this rugby world, um, but even when Marcus Tatavo playing with me at Brooklyn Kings uh, a few years ago, winning winning that national championship, and uh, just to let everybody know, Brooklyn Kings are still the reigning national champions. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, yeah, that baby. Yeah, even I'm on the West Coast, I, I'm still a king, baby. Don't get it twisted. It's a new different. Just, just got my my crowns in a, a whole another place. That's it. Um, yeah, because I love those boys. And there's and again with that role, I have to play as in the sense of there's no bad blood between anybody. Like I promote Ryan Burroughs. I promote Eddie Pettyborn. I promote the Brooklyn Kings. I also will promote uh, Monte Gaddis because this NARL. Um, NARL new venture is is a team sport. This is a team concept, and we all have to win and succeed for this whole entire league to succeed. Yeah. So there's no one bigger than no one bigger than a brand with it. You know what I mean? There's no one bigger than the shit. Like the NFL, NFL says, we're all in this together, and we're all going to make this happen together as a unit. Um. Um. And with, so with, with that being said, uh, just recruiting these players from all across the country, across the world, um, talking to these players individually, um giving them reassurance. Um, I think it's a little bit more difficult here on the West Coast than it is the East Coast, though, because there's always been the Brooklyn Kings. There's been the Boston teams. There's been the Atlanta teams. You know what I mean? There's been these D.C. teams already established beforehand. Yeah. And so they can draw and pick from players that's already pay, uh, played for their teams in, in that city. And these guys don't have to uproot and come to Vegas. These guys can stay at their jobs. These guys can stay with their families. Um, and do what they need to do uh, to play for that team. I think it's a little bit tougher on my end, you know, the NAR, NARL West end um, with the group I'm working with because we're asking these guys to uproot from Portland, from San Diego, from Phoenix, um, from San Francisco, uh, from Austin to come to Vegas and live and train down here and play games down here every single day. And I think that's a bigger ask for us to have somebody uproot than it is to say, when you get off work or when you get time and if you're a professional player to come play for, you know, DC and Cleveland and all these other teams on the East coast. Um, but it's a challenge and, it, and it's an obstacle that we're willing to face. I think, um, I think it's a unique opportunity that, you know, it's, um, you guys obviously sent centralizing operations this season in Las Vegas for anyone that doesn't know out there. I'm sure all of our listeners know and understand that and are aware of that, but yeah. it's, 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 might be a blessing in disguise because it's hard you know there's no until now there's no rugby league there hasn't been rugby league teams in phoenix or austin um, or portland to my knowledge you know or vegas you know we've got there's san francisco teams in california rugby league so we know there's 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 a pocket there 
but you know there might be rugby league players but not necessarily rugby league teams and you're giving some of these guys opportunities and i think the fact that it's centralized um it's all in vegas i think it can actually work in your favor you're getting everyone together training together uh, and then everyone can go back to their own their own cities and really start to build it based on the foundations that they've learned in season one tell us about the operational side of things so vegas yeah, I'm, I'm assuming like you guys are housing players for a couple of months and tell me about that, how everyone's training together and the facilities and, and you know, what can you share there? Um, I mean, the operation side, uh, again, it's it's been a whirlwind, you know, um, with a new league and a new startup that in any company, startup company, period, it's a difficult a transition for that first year. And they, they say it gets smoother uh, next couple of years, but we'll, we'll figure that out soon. Um, but um, we're all working day in and day out, man. Um, losing sleep, uh, staying up all night, calling each other the whole entire time. Uh, just making sure that all of our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. You know what I mean? Um, but like you said, it being centralized is also a blessing. Um, and then even throughout COVID and this pandemic, uh, it, it's, 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 it's good for us because we can get uh, all the guys in the same place, which means we can we can keep track of the level of play and the intensity and the skill and the talent and the coaching um, throughout all of it. And that's good for us because we can make sure this Western division from top to bottom, from team A to team to team D is, is running on all cylinders and giving you the best entertainment possible, giving you the best uh, rugby on TV possible um and keeping these teams also um even and and competitive throughout each game which would make the fans love it more which make the players love it more um and that's all we want to do and when it comes to this player operations role with this whole entire conglomerate with the operations side it's my role really was was around recruiting the players yes but it was also around making sure, sure these players are taken care of so having them live together, making sure they have their housing is key for us. Making sure these guys have transportation to and from training without them having to think about it was key for us. Making sure these players are protected. These players are treated right when it comes to physios, strength and conditioning, high level um, facilities was a key point for us. Because in reality, the thing that we're trying to do and strive to do is take everything out of the player's mind besides playing ball. All we want these players to do they show up at training and on game time and be the best they can be. Because when you eliminate all their other distractions that they don't have to worry about, that gives them 100% time and effort and concentration and focus to play ball. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. That's awesome, man. I think, like I said, I think it's actually, you know, it's an opportunity. I think it's a, it's a unique one, but it can be, can work really well. You guys have a, like a conference, uh, a, um, what do you call it? A um a combine. You guys have a combine coming up soon yeah. in Vegas. What's how many players are you expecting, and and what what's the criteria like? What are you looking for at this event? Um, yeah, man, how many players, man? Right now, um, we have over two hundred and sixty players that have registered for the NARL wow. West uh, selections and tryout, and it's a combine. Yes. Um, but it's more so a selections because a combine is more the American term for everything and, yep. and how that's working, which it's not more so like we're doing 40 testing da, 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 and you have to run this time. And if you run a four two, you get an automatic contract. It's more rugby specific. Um, yes, we're doing 40 because you got to be fast and mm -hmm. see how fit you are in rugby. Um, we're doing vert as well, but we're doing um, more of rugby specific drills to get onto that rugby player mindset. And um, it's going to be May 15th and then May 16th. Uh, May 14th, we're asking the athletes to get in there to get a good night's sleep um, in Vegas and then be able to wake up Saturday and Sunday um, for training and for the selections. So people are saying it's a combine, but nothing against you, or, but it's more so a selection. Yeah, gotcha. Period. Gotcha. Because we've scouted these players out for months now, and we communicate with these players for months, some of these players for months. And so with that being said, we know what these players can bring. We have these players CDs. We have these players film um, where they play that in their past ball. They love the play they can do. So we know what you can do. Yeah. We want to see how you fit 
with other players. Because again, we don't have a West Coast conference set up on these on these respective cities. So we have to make sure these players are coming in um, and being able to fit in certain rosters. Yeah, gotcha. So just because you're from San Francisco doesn't mean you may have to be on San Francisco team. If you're a better, you know, five eight or center with this squad, we want to make sure we get you there and to make sure that you know you're playing at your highest ability around the players that mesh well with you. Yeah. And again, if we want these players from these cities to to be in there, you know, in respective cities, because for the years coming, they may not be all in Vegas. So we want these San Francisco players in their community to stay with each other and to really make these stars out of these players in their communities. So you've got, you know who these guys are. It's just finding out or figuring out where they fit. I like that. You said something there yeah. that um I think is going to be a huge challenge. I just figured it out. You um you said that players are going to get there on the 14th in Las Vegas for a good night's sleep. I don't know anyone that's ever had a good night's sleep in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, they're here for a reason. Yeah, I know. I, I, I understand it. No, I understand it. Because, like, um, I'm joking, man. Uh, I'm joking. We, we thought the same thing. Yeah, we got to we gotta worry about that. Telling the boys, hey, don't go spend all that contract money at the casinos, fellas. <laughs> Could be a very short uh, contract. No, yeah, that's, that's a short contract. That's all good, man. That's all good. I um, What about, tell me about the coaching scenario, because we've heard a few different things. I understand Lance Hohai is involved, former New Zealand warrior, which I think is huge. I know there's some other oh, big man. names coming. Yes. I want, can you clarify, I guess, we don't really know, I, I don't know, and you'll be able to clarify, but is it individual coaches for each team? Is there an overall coaching group? Um, how is that working? And then part B of that question is, how closely are you working with these the, the coaches to sort of identify and find the players that, that they need? Um, so the answer to the question, whether it's separate coaches for each team, um, I will, I want to tell you the coaches that we got on board, but I can't, you know, I got to keep it in my pocket, That's you know fine. what I mean? Um, until they announce it, but, um, we do have some high level coaches that have coached, um, multiple teams in the past year, um, and extremely well. And, um, those coaches will, will be coming out here shortly and there is going to be individual coaches per team. Good. Um, and again, we are the Western Division, and we are together. We are centralized. So um, Lance was announced on every person's page because we want that. We want those people and the people looking at the NARO West to know that we're getting, we're we're bringing our guns in. Yeah. And some of the coaches have been announced for the East Coast team. Some of the NR, NRL players um, have been announced for the East Coast team, and some of these big names like Eddie, Big Eddie Petty. Mm-hmm. Big Eddie Petty born, you know what I mean? That's my guy. And he's Good a dude. huge signing. Yeah. Yeah. Great man. Oh man. I couldn't. Great man. We had a long talk during that Cook Islands game against USA team. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just one of the best guys that ever, ever been around, but we do have our guns and we are, we are announcing these big names here shortly. Um, but we wanted to make sure everything we had all, we had all of our bullets loaded. You know what I mean? Before we start out, start shooting everything out there. Um, but yeah, so there are going to be separate coaches for each team. Um, they will be high level coaches. Um, and, and that's how we're kind of waiting on it. Um, but we're getting these, these teams together now and the coaching staff is, is working day in and day out as well. And we have all those coaches um, ready as well. I'm already picked out for these teams. Um, and to answer your second question, um, how close am I working with them? Um, when it comes to deciding who these players are, my job was to get him in there and to tell you what I think about him and basically say, put your CV in, put your information in, put your, put your position you can play at and want to play at, and then the coaches go from there. So I never really want to deal with the players and how they're picked because I don't want that to be on my head. Mm-hmm. Players saying, oh, this is the reason why. Because I'm not a coach. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm not a coach, and I will never say I'm a coach. I'm not going to judge talent because – I played with you. I can say, yeah, I played against this guy and I played with this guy. They have some good players. He got a crazy step and he can hit you hard. I'll say that much about you if I played with you. But I know guys that I played with that say, hey, he's going to be a key player. And I played with him on my team. Um, he's just registered. You know, let the coaches know he's in there. And I let the coaches know that they're the top players in the league. Um, but with that being said, I never really, you know what I mean, try to pry too much on the decision making when it comes to the coaching process. Yeah. Um, how the combine is working out and how these guys are going to be selected comes from sports science, but also comes from coaching. Um, we have one of the best sports science guys um, in the world right now um, with Les Spellman. And crazy thing is, though, me, Brandon Anderson, 
um, Sam Valala, who was on the San Francisco team, um, a couple other guys that were in Tiger uh, Academy all together at one time in Columbus. And Les was on his way as well to the USA, you know, top of the rugby world. And Les Spellman is our, um, he's the head of our sports science division for the, um, for these teams. And he is doing an amazing job with filtering out the best way to, you know, to, to give these players every uh, advantage you can with technology and with the modern sports right now, um, with GPS tracking, with top physios, with top training, um, top recovery, uh, top scouting reports. I mean, he's, he's done work for the likes of Trevor Lawrence and uh, another one and two draft pick this year to NFL. He's working with multiple baseball and NFL, MLB and NFL teams. Mm, wow. So he knows, and he's worked with the sevens uh, program as well. So he's, he has a really good grip on how we can judge these players through just metrics and not rugby. And then the coaching staff comes in when it comes to metrics and rugby. And so combining these two guys together, um, these two you know powerhouses together, I think we have a great scale to judge, you know what I mean, these guys' rugby potential. Yeah. And that goes with guys that, that haven't played rugby before a day in their life. And you got to realize that, again, we haven't had established rugby leagues. There's been the addition of California Rugby League, which is great, which is amazing. And I'm so happy that that came about because there's so much undiscovered talent in the West Coast, in the Bay Area, in San Diego, in Portland, and all these teams. And so um, we have to make rugby players as well. And with them, you know, I mean, not having all the talent at Rugby League right now, um, we have a lot of talent, you know, of Rugby League guys that played union that we didn't even know about. Yeah. And so those guys are coming in, you know, and setting precedent for this West Coast division. Because some of these names people never even heard of yeah. that played rugby league and you didn't even know about it. Yeah, well. So we're bringing those guys in and we're making stars and showing the world that the West Coast is something to be, you know, something to be uh, reckoned with. You know what I mean? I love that because we always hear and people always say um, there's there are athletes in the States. We just need to teach them how to play rugby league. Like they're, they're there. They got the NFL skills or the football skills or whatever, and that can transfer to league. It's easier said than done, though. And but it sounds like you guys have a formula, which I'm really liking. You, you're finding those athletes, but you te- like the formulas there, the combination of the sports science and the footy brains. Um, it makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. And it sounds like you're a busy, busy man. Um, I'm wondering, like, right. so does that I mean, mean are you are you jumping on the field this year, or is your playing career? Are you sort of on hold or in retirement? No, I'm not. I'm not over yet, brother. This, this <laughs> is, again, I got, I got I got my degree in this. Now it's time to be a you know. Now it's time to be a student athlete. What they say, I love right? it. A student first, then an athlete. You know what I mean? I went to school for this, and um, I was I was bred for this role. Um, but that doesn't mean my playing career is over. You know, I'm coming off a a, a World Ten series uh, in Bermuda with the Asian Pacific Dragons. Yeah, um, nice. You know, so I'm not done. And before that, I was with Cook Islands. Um, Played against Cook Islands in the USA qualifiers. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not done yet. And I play with the best of them, best of the best of them. A couple of those guys in the Rabbitohs and Ills right now. And so, I mean, and again, you're right. They do say that they, the American talent can become rugby players, uh, not even rugby league, even rugby players. Yeah, and yeah. and that's, and you, and you see that with the likes of Carlin Isles and Perry Baker. Yeah. You know, Carlin Isles is one of the best players in, in the world when it comes to this rugby sevens. And Perry Baker is a two time, you know, uh, MVP, uh, best player out there on that World Series circuit, on that seventh circuit. So it's like the best player of the year, you know? So, and those guys didn't pick a rugby ball until they're a little bit older. And so, yes, we a lot of these American players have not played rugby um, growing up like the rest of the world. Yep. But we've been playing sports growing up. And I can say, and even though I never played rugby league until I went to Australia, I did that, went to New York, made a USA team, went to Serbia, came back, played against Cook Islands, Jamaica, Canada, um, and then won the world, and then won the MVP of the Nines tournament mm-hmm. um, uh, in Canada against all those teams. And so, yes, we don't have the rugby knowledge that Australia does have um, at this point with rugby league, but that doesn't mean we can't get it. Yeah. No, and, that's, and that's the one thing I, I preach. I, f- I think you can fast track it as well. Like I really think you can, and it's exciting. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, um, me too. Okay. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna change the subject slightly. So I'm I've been a Brooklyn Kings fan since they their inception. 
So I naturally have a team on the East Coast. Uh, I've been a Toronto Wolfpack fan since their inception, so I've got a team in Canada. How do I? How? And I know you got to you got to be impartial. So I understand that. <laughs> but how should someone like me, because I don't have a team on the West Coast, how should I select a team that I sh- that I should support? I think you have to wait and see. And I'm not saying that in the in the sense of me being impartial. More so, it's these teams uh, all have different personalities. Because at the end of the day, we're not making the personalities. They just come with it. Mm-hmm. The way the East Bay plays and the way the, the Bay Area plays in San Francisco is totally different the way than the San Diego players play. Um, way different than what the Portland players play. Way different than what the Phoenix players play, Austin and Vegas. And, and it's all a different style of play because it's going to be a different style of coaching and it's going to be a different style of players. And so I think that the, that the fans and, and, the, and the people looking on should wait and see how this all rolls out. Um, with these West Coast teams. Because the one thing that I love um, about us not having those teams already made and those brands already made in the West Coast is that we're making our own brands right now. And we're starting fresh from a new palette, which means that it's going to be new fans and, and, and new and new personalities to see. Because you know about me and Brandon already. Mm. You know about some of the other players and Betty Bourne and, and Joe Eichner's and the Ryan Burroughs and the Monte Gattis's you don't know too much about these West Coast players. Mm. And so I think that's going to that's gonna allow us to, to be able to show their personalities, to show their, their skills, to, to get to hear their names. And I think by um, leading up into the season, I think those players and those teams are going to have a lot of content and a lot of messages to put out there and, and characters behind them. So I think that the fans and the people looking for a West Coast team will have ample amount of time to pick their favorite team and to support them. Great advice. I didn't even think of that. I'm going to wait and see. That's perfect. Um, yes, sir. Mate, thanks for getting into some nitty-gritty with me, some real detail. It's it's good, and I, I understand we're running out of time here, but so I want to talk a little bit of high level. There's a few high level questions I want to ask you about, and one of them is, um, you know, it's no secret. Everyone's talking about NARL, USARL, the relationship, right? So I don't want to tippy-toe around that. And I'm just wondering what, I guess, your stance is on it and what your understanding of the situation at the moment is. Well, the first thing I have to say is that I love the USARL and everything that they did for me um, and I did with them. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the USARL. Um, Brooklyn Kings, you know, was one of the best teams I've ever been a part of. The first year we lost, the second year we won. Um, we went to the grand final twice in two years. We had a good run against Jacksonville. and that allowed me to be on the USARL team and to be capped um, and, to, and to get the goals that I set for myself when I was sleeping in my car. So again, I love the USARL and I like everything they've done and and I'm going to continue to support them and, and be a champion of the USARL. Um, but the NRL just allows the players to, to be in a professional environment, to have that professional brand behind them, to have those top physios that I talked to you about, to have Les Spellman coming in, to even the playing field for all the teams. Because sometimes we were blowing these teams out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not because we're just so much better. It's because we had a better quality of rugby at one team rather than the other. And I think that the NARL is going to even that out and make and make it a little bit better for players. Um, but that's nothing against the USARL. Um, I think that we need the USARL for the NARL and vice versa. Um, so at the end of the day, growing up in any sport, and if you're a true athlete and, and really love sports, you want to be a professional. Like kids don't go into playing sports saying, I just want to, I just want to do it. And I don't care what happens. A lot of kids and most kids, I don't, I'm not going to say every kid wants to be a professional athlete at the end of the day. And we're giving these kids growing up for years to come um, a chance to be a professional athlete in America. Because now you don't have to have those players travel to Australia just to get a taste of the professional lifestyle mm. or high-level rugby. And that's what the MLR is doing. That's what the World 10 is doing with um, uh, World 10 Series. That was in Bermuda with Paul. Those with, with America this, in, these, in these past few years, it, professional leagues have been created for rugby that weren't there five years ago. Just five. And that's not even that long. Yeah. So I think that, I think that the USARL and the NARL We'll, we'll work together eventually. And I think that it just takes a few more negotiations and, and talks and roundtable discussions to make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, I do think that 
eventually, and I think sooner than later, that everybody be on the same page, everybody be on board. And me coming from me personally with the NARL West Coast and also playing in the USARL, I have, you know, I mean, I have a foot in both doors. And I will always champion them. And I want them to succeed because if they succeed, we succeed. And vice versa. And I want these players to be able to, you know, put their hats up for the USA team. Yeah. Because I think, like I said before earlier in the podcast, that there's a lot of undiscovered, undiscovered talent in the West Coast, in the Bay Area, in San Diego, in Portland, Phoenix, in Austin, that can help us become that top tier team. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's there's more Carlin Isles. Okay, maybe not. But there's guys like Carlin Isles <laughs> yeah. and Perry Bakers and Jamel Robinson and Brandon Anderson and Joe Eichner's and and Ryan Burroughs and Monte Gaddis are just being undiscovered. We have a whole entire side of the of the United States that don't have the rugby league. And with the addition of California Rugby League, they're starting to come out now. And I want everybody to have the chance to, to play for their country. Because one of the proudest moments of my life was playing for my country. And that would not have happened without the USARL. Yeah. And I want somebody else to experience that, what I experienced, because you can never take that back. That's um very well said. And it's a good point. You're opening up pathways. There's essentially you're almost doubling the player pool for that Hawks team, potentially, if they if if that's how it all goes down and everyone works well together. Um, right. So, you know, that just makes USA Rugby League stronger. Um, final high-level question, mate. I guess, where where do you see, and it's a double-barreled one, so it's where, uh, I got you. Shoot. where do you see the NARL in the years to come? And I won't put a timeline on it. You tell me what, what your timeline right. is and what you're thinking. And then what is your stance on the state of league as a whole? In America, um, I, I, again, there's no timeline for it. But then, in the years to come, I see the NARL as being a wrecking force in rugby league, and hopefully, compare to the uh, Super League and to the NRL. And of course, it's going to be years to come from now because they have. I mean, when I was over there, man, I was playing touch rugby with five year olds, six year olds. So we have a long way to come. Um, but I do see us being a force to reckon with, and especially with the nines coming up, the nines World Cup coming up. I see America putting a product on the field that we can have a good chance to make a run in this world upcoming World Cup for nines. And we got the likes of Junior Vivi helping us out. We got the likes of Joe Eichner's and everybody else that's been on these teams um, helping us out as well, coming over Eddie Pettiborn, you know, giving his talents and, and helping us out Um in America as a whole, even though he's on the New York team, he's still part of the USA platform. Mm. And we have the guys like that, me and Brandon, and, and the guys that the past guys has played for the, the USA Hawks teams um, and the Nick Newlands um, doing what they need to do to help us, you know, get to the next level. Um, I think that's, that's where I see us at. I see us having a run in the nines. I see us having a run in the World Cup, that, not the one that we missed, but the one that's coming up um, for just rugby league. And at the end of the day, I can go back to Carlin and Perry um, and, and how the success of the USA Sevens program is with the help of Les Spellman, with the help of those high-level coaches and high-level players on that USA team. Because um, if they can do it, we can do it. There's no reason why we can't do it. And we have shown the world that the USA is a rugby force in the Olympics and with the Olympics coming up soon. USA's been on top. And I'm not trying to jinx them. But that's not by accident. Mm. And if the and if the sevens programs can do it, we can do it with enough help, with enough backing and support from the USA as a whole, whether it's league, union, anything. With rugby as a whole in America growing with the MLR, the NARL, uh, the World 10 Series, with these professional platforms coming about, creating pathways for players, but also allowing top-level players to come in and help. I think that is going to propel us to the next level. Um, and maybe it may be 10 years from now, maybe five years from now, but I do think that American rugby league as a whole will be a success. And I think we're going to have a lot of athletes cross over as well. Like Perry and Carlin did, like me and Brandon did football players, wrestlers, uh, track guys, all those things, soccer guys, all those things, those sports are part of rugby. I, and, and honestly, I feel like rugby made all those other sports. <laughs> uh, eight, eight, 18, it was 1847. Right? Mm-hmm. 1823. 
maybe it was eighteen ninety five, but maybe maybe those are maybe those. Maybe that's eighteen something. It's early eighteen something. It's interesting because I got questions popped into my mind. Is there an is there a likelihood that we could see an American athlete play both codes in one year and represent both national teams in one year in the future? I mean, uh, brother, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Because you got to think about this way, man. Uh, the one thing I learned about rugby league is that a lot of league players sometimes go play union. And you got guys like Simi Rajaja coming from league mm. and then going to go play union and then having an awesome year on both ways. You know what I mean? And so um, I don't see it not happening. I see it, there's a big chance that it could happen. Because at the end of the day, USA rugby is coming up as a whole league sevens, nines, tens, union. USA rugby is getting there and eventually it'll be there. And there's no reason why we can't have that top superior athlete who does both codes. I mean, if Simi can do it, somebody else can do it. It's just like, if you see somebody else do it, that gives you ample amount of focus and hope that you can do it and somebody else can do it as well. And that's all I'm trying to do is make sure I give these guys hope. I give these guys good film. They get their resumes built up. They're playing in a professional environment. And on top of that, we have the leaders at the top that are captains and people to look towards and say, hey, this is how you handle yourself in interviews. This is how you handle yourself when you're outside of the league. This is how you handle yourself on social media. This is how you handle yourself in this professional environment. And if we can teach these guys this at a young age, the sky is the limit for NARL, for Rugby League, for Rugby in America. I love it, man. Um is there anything I've missed? Any messages you want to share, or um, can you tell our listeners how they can follow you and and your journey? Um, uh, nothing else I don't need to say. I think we covered it all, man. And honestly, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. It's it's been a long time coming, and I just I just thank everybody who 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 is championing the United States when it comes to rugby. Um, at the likes of you know uh, Clarky's um podcast and and instagram and his platform that me and brandon were on when we were in serbia you know before anybody even knew of us mm. um and and you coming in and and you got rugby league in america podcast coming mm. in and different sites and social media platforms that are helping us out and getting this out here and that's first and foremost i want to thank thank you guys a lot um it's, it's been a true blessing and, and i couldn't ask for more help and and please continue to keep on, you know, I mean, pumping us up there we will, man. Um, because we need the likes of you guys. Um, um, but just to follow the journey, man, um, I don't even want to do a, uh, I don't want to do a shout out to my handle. I don't even care about that. So this is not about me. Yeah. I want them to follow the, the, the East, the West coast teams and the East coast teams. I want you to follow NA rugby league. You know what I mean? Um, on that Instagram, because it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's about these players. It's about this league. It's about rugby as a whole across the world. And if I can make that better, I can change the lives of these young guys, some of these older guys that deserve a shot. That's what I'm about. And I know that's what you're about because that's what your podcast and your platform does. It gets the, the word out there about rugby as a whole. And then that's, and that's about it, man. Thanks, man. I see, I, see, I see everybody May 15th, May 16th for this West Coast uh, selections. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. It's been great finally speaking to you. Hopefully, one day I can we can catch up in person. Maybe Brandon as well, man. That'll be yeah. cool. And yeah, uh, I gotta like, make my way back to Australia, brother. I gotta make my way back out there. We'll I miss it. We'll catch a Dragons it. game it's, when it's, you. It's here, amazing. Man. <laughs> ah, definitely, definitely gonna get some more dragons. Get a dragon team out here on the West Coast. Let's for sure. let's do it. I've already spoken. Rob's already promised me. So if I've got yeah, more people that. I have on inside, the better. Um, Jamil Robinson, yeah, mate, that, you're a champion. Keep doing what you're doing. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. I appreciate it, man. You have a blessed day, man. Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own.